0: to the mic on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vierman. We're here with a friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, and we have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, how's it going? Max, you are in LA. For all our listeners, you're, uh, you're zooming in from there. It looks very sunny outside the window of where you're recording currently. I'm uh, mildly jealous. Although, speaking of mild, it's been a little bit mild here in, uh, in uh, Hamilton.
1: Shane, did you see that yesterday? It was like 18. Really? Wow. Still doesn't beat LA yeah. weather, and I totally get why, like people that are like East Coasters through and through, like I'm a Boston guy or I'm a New York City guy. And then they come to LA and they're like, nah, I'm just gonna stay here. It's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the it is pretty 100%. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, we've had a good time. We went to see, speaking of Hamilton though, we went to the Greek. I've never been to the Greek theater. I have a question for you guys. When you think of the movie, get them to the Greek. Have you guys seen that movie with yes. uh, Jonah Hill? Of and course. What size venue in your mind is the Greek? Uh, Because he has, it's it's like if you recall, the plot is that he it's his big comeback show, and he needs to get to that venue. In your mind, how big is that?
2: It's I would have guessed it's like three thousand. Yeah, I would. That would have been my guess. The lead up led me to believe it was like Madison Square Garden, but when they showed it at the end, it seemed more intimate.
1: Oh, it's about five, uh,
2: almost six thousand actually.
1: But um, yeah, but uh, it's uh, amazing venue. First time I've ever been there. (laughs) Wait, wait. uh, What's the point in asking that question? (laughs) Oh, well, I well, thought I we were going to say 20,000. Oh, did you? Yeah, I thought you guys were. Or, or no, you, I thought it was more portrayed in the movie as a really small venue. Uh, oh, okay. like like, like oh. a club show or something
2: or I don't know. It definitely didn't seem like we were giving you what you wanted.
1: So you just moved on <laughs> and just forgot it like it was. A, no, no, no. no, no, I was just genuinely curious what the perception was of that. Um, but yeah, we, uh, went to go see Caribou, who is from Dundas, Ontario, who now I think lives in Germany and is an internationally renowned sort of like indie kind of dance music producer, singer. He tours with a band and he, you know, he's, he played the Greek theater and Jesse Lanza, who's also a Hamiltonian. Do you know Jesse Lanza? Do you guys know her?
0: Uh, my good friend uh, Justin Dunlop, who's in the group Dunlop Brothers, he's friends with her, so I I knew her in a roundabout way through my buddy Justin. But yeah, she's been around yeah. for a while.
1: Yeah, and she she was opening the show, so it was cool. So it was awesome uh, to be able to do that, and also hung out with uh, Matt Unsworth and uh, Tim McCullough of course, and lovely uh, wife Jess, and it was awesome seeing them. So it's been it's been fun. The band is um, working down here. We're we're rehearsing for our upcoming tour. We are uh, rehearsing for the great cup obviously and we're also uh you know just thinking about new songs we're always th- working on songs no matter what so uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been fun down here.
0: I feel like uh, a lot has been going on since our last podcast. There's so much stuff to talk about, Max, including the Grey Cup announcement. Uh, obviously, you guys are preparing new shows. We got a message immediately. Shane and I were having a lunch with Mark Myers talking about the show that we're doing uh, along with John Poplis. And Shane got a DM uh, immediately about some controversial nail thing that you said online. Danica uh, today said... She started. I said? Yeah. That you said. like, Yeah, we're getting there. And Danica said have you seen max's post i'm like no she started cackling and she's like you have to talk about it on the pod
2: it can't be real real though so so set it up shane what what is the video (laughs) what was the video that everyone's talking about the video has to be max (laughs) pretending (laughs) that he thinks that his that your nails grow from
1: (laughs) like the tip and not the the root of your nail honestly i i well first of all i have never once thought of it Number, I've never once had the thought, but the, but if I but when I saw my nail job, which says "Gray Cup" on my fingers, growing out from the base of the nail, I'm like, oh, that's how it happens, because I always think of the nail growing from the tip, because the like the darker color, it, you know, like the the tip of the nail is a different color and that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I thought that's where it grows. But what if your <laughs> nail gets
2: ripped off? You think it just starts from the tip and then the rest of your life, you just don't have the base part? I didn't think that about.
1: I, I <laughs> That's a great point. That is we were literally,
2: point. Max, we were sitting there at lunch
0: and we're going, no, he doesn't really think that. And Mark... Myers is going well. In his defense, he's trying to figure out. He's trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, and we couldn't get there. We're like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Like he thinks it grows out of the skin at the top of the tip of his finger and grows down. He
2: had an icicle theory. Mark (laughs) Myers was like, well, if you think about it, an icicle has a base, but then it grows from the tip. It keeps elongating from the tip, and ah, like I, I I was thinking that you were playing so that you'd get more engagement. No,
1: no, no, no when I realized how like first of all that was my true and honest thought and then when I thought about making a TikTok about it I was like oh this is gonna be the kind of thing that people will react to because it is so stupid Mm -hmm. but I but it was my true thought like I wouldn't go around just like thinking like did you guys know that like you know the world is round (laughs) or I thought it was flat this whole time you know what I mean like I wouldn't do that just to be provocative yeah wow what are you doing in LA though I never
2: I feel like you can never So yeah
1: we are working on music we're Prepping for the tour, we're prepping for the Great Cup. There's like a lot of prep that needs to get done right now, um, so we're down here and it's and it's been awesome. But uh, what I'd like to talk about is um, the behind the scenes making of the promo video because um, mm-hmm. you know the way this uh, promo video came together with Darkell's in bed in the middle of the field it was very classic our group. And it really made me think, I'm like, oh, this is an example of th- like the only way I kind of want to work ever in my life. So we get the call for the Great Cup on like a Thursday. I'm going to get some of these dates probably kind of wrong. Ash will correct. Um, and, you know, we immediately have to get into promo mode. Like, how are we going to announce this? How are we going to make it special? How are we going to make it feel like it's an Kells production? And uh, the team at TSN had put together a couple ideas, which were really good ideas, actually. But we immediately kind of dismissed them because we're like, ah, oh, this is, we kind of want to make it a little sillier. So it's like a Tuesday or Monday night. We call, uh, I'm, I had been in Hamilton. I'm driving to Toronto with Ash. It's like 630. I'm like, let's see if Mike Veerman has any ideas just cause, you know, Mike, Mike's quick on his feet. Uh, Mike, I feel like Mike, just so Shane doesn't get offended, Mike picks up the phone a little easier than you do, Shane. You know, some people in your minds are like, ah, oh, I don't want to bug him cause he's not going to be available like shane's always like slightly too busy i, th- I feel like com- compared to mike well there's two types of creatives
2: too that i find there is instant brainstorm creative where they actually want to have the brainstorm on the phone and then there's give it a night to have some ideation and come back the next morning with ideas i am not the let's brainstorm on the phone with you and ash type of
1: creative so yeah. I understand why you call mike yeah and and so basically like (laughs) mike we have to we just got announced that we're doing or we just got told we're doing the great cup we're very excited we want to do something special do you have any ideas for how to announce it And and within like literally 15 seconds he's like what if, okay, let's dream big here for a second. What if Max wakes up in bed and goes, I just had a dream. We're playing the great cup show and then it zooms out and you're the bed is in the middle of the football field. And we're like, that is fucking hilarious. Um, uh, Mike, uh, before I keep going and what else in that conversation am I missing? Cause it, cause it happened all in basically a minute and a half. We were like, yep, that's the idea. Like, was there anything more yeah. to it? Well, I,
0: I, a Max Ash call is always a fun call to get, but it's usually like, Hey, let's have a brain. That's your guy's verbiage. You always, hey, do you got, yeah. you got a minute for a brain? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, and you guys are like, um, you explain the, the thing. And so like, we kind of just start like rolling with stuff. And then, yeah, it, came, it was like the second kind of thing I kind of threw out. And then, you guys like laughed and you're like, this is awesome, let's do it. And then I got a call from Si Wong later that night.
1: Well, okay, I want to get to that. Yeah,
0: so, I actually didn't know it was a TSN thing. I thought it was very much like the Nick Nurse thing where it was like a, a full-on Arkells
1: deal. I didn't know it was a TSN thing until later on. And the difference between those two things for our listeners is if it's just an Arkells deal, it's usually like us producing it completely ourselves. In this case, because TSN is the partner for the Great Cup, they have all the resources in the world to pull off something that is like excellent and big and a little more expensive, I could probably say. So we, we got the phone with you. We call Si Wong. And by the way, for reference, Si Wong is a beloved friend, a former colleague of Mike and Shane's, director of the Years in the Making, Arkell's video, and all around like, yeah, beloved guy. So we get off the phone. Uh, with Mike, we call Si Wong, hey Si Wong, we like your ideas, like your previous ideas, but I think we just talked to Mike and he had this idea for this like bed in the middle of a football field. Si Wong laughs. He's like, this is hilarious. I love it. Let me just talk to my creative director, see if we can get it greenlit. Uh, we're texting him. It seems like it's going good. The next morning, we have a Zoom call with basically the entire CFL and TSN to go like, how are we going to do this thing? And they basically launch in is like launch into the meeting with like, okay, so our in the bed in the middle of the football field. Okay. It's going to be shot on Saturday. Like it became real from within about 12 hours. It was like, an, and then that was Tuesday. And then on Saturday, we had to film the thing itself. So it was just an amazing example of just like, Ash and I being like very like motivated to figure out something special and interesting. Mike having uh, incredible writing skills and being quick on his feet. Si Wong being the producer of this thing. And then the kicker is Si Wong goes, Oh, I can't actually, um, be there on the weekend. I'm busy this weekend. Who could we get to direct it? Oh, Mark Myers. Mark Myers is on a leave right now. And he's obviously in the family. He's directed all the Arkells videos. Good friend of uh, Mike and Shane's, former colleague, et cetera, et cetera. So by Saturday, you know, Mark's there on the field directing this thing that Mike wrote that Si Wong produced, uh, and it was on national TV a few days later. So it was, it was just like an amazing uh, coming together of, of friends and, and talent. Um But I, but I should also add that um I think Si Wong, who edited the piece, sent it to YouTube for notes. Is that correct? He did. Yeah. Did you did you get
2: a cut? I didn't know if Shandy, did you get a cut? no i didn't but when i did see it i liked it and i want to stress that i wasn't asked for notes but i didn't have any notes when i saw it so i didn't try to add more work to it (laughs) yeah yeah. no uh chris
0: chris wong when we say C. Wong, we're referring to chris wong uh he uh he's also like one of the best editors in the city like he's so so damn good but um yeah everything about it was just uh, it was awesome it all worked out and it was really funny and it was kind of I feel like it was like perfect and you guys killed it as you do and like one of your sort of uh, I think one of your strengths team Arkell you guys and Ash is your ability to sort of just make shit happen like you turn it around so quick like a lot of times when you're doing a big shoot like that there's barriers people are always going to say why well, you can't do it or you can't do it that quick and you guys are very good at sort of blasting through
2: that stuff and making st- like shit happen. What was the biggest barrier Max? Getting the bed, um, right? Honestly. Well, <laughs> I heard that was soft. No, I mean, it's a comp- I heard the bed was tricky.
1: Well, here's the thing, which was sort of the, the joy of this shoot is that normally with the logistics of like an Arkell's music video or something that we're producing ourselves, we are in the weeds with every single detail. So if we had to be like, okay, we need a double king bed, like, two king beds put together, we'd be like, okay, who's our carpenter friend? Who are we doing? Who are we asking a favor? Like, you know, how are we figuring this out? Because TSN and CTV were behind it. Like they, you know, they treat like a real shoot and they have like real carpenters on hand. So like, you know, at two in the afternoon, there's a dude making a bed in Tim Horton's field and constructing the whole thing. So it was, uh, I'm sure Ash, uh, you know, shielded me from a lot of pesky details that I didn't know about. But I think compared to other shoots, this one felt like super pro. And, you know, the other thing that kind of reminded me of that I kind of want to talk about is that I think we live in this era, obviously, of TikTok and social media where so much content is made on your phone and super quickly and like the the aesthetic is a ratchet aesthetic a lot of the times. I shouldn't say all the time but a lot of the times the stuff on TikTok is just like you know, you shoot it on your iPhone whatever. When you see what goes into a real like cinematic production uh and 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 to get those shots of the lights turning on and then the wide and then the bigger wide and us executing the lines just right. Like, I think I just had a dream. And then everybody's sort of playing their role as actors. You realize like, oh my God, like filmmaking is hard. Like that 30 second spot took uh, like seven hours. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. and I, of that 30 seconds, I'd say about 15 seconds is like canned sports footage. <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. 15 seconds really. Took seven hours, um, but you know it lives on television. It's going to have a shelf life for the you know rest of our life, as 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 the promo announced for our Grey Cup, and that's why you know you do invest. And uh, yeah, well, I'm really proud of it. Well, and, how can uh, it
2: have a shelf life for the rest of your life? Are you planning on playing the Grey Cup for the rest of your life? <laughs> no, like, is this no. an announcement? Because that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> you really are Canada's band. <laughs> mm, no, what no. do you mean the rest? No, of no, your no. Life? I
1: mean. No, no, sorry. I meant to say like a memento. Something that we have oh, that, that will that'll have. You that know, makes there, there's more some sense. stuff that like I think are like we can consider a little bit more like trial and error, throwaway. Let's mm-hmm. make like some people who talk about TikTok is like this is my spam account. I just try different shit out, see what works, see what doesn't work, and it's. But then there's other stuff that's like no, no. This is sort of like, and, and I don't think about my career in this way at all just i want to preface this but when you think about like what's in the canon of like my art your life or arkel's yeah. artistic career yeah it's like this would be something that would be there where like the tiktok with my nails maybe not so much but maybe it would i don't know maybe there's well that lives this, in my so mind forever
2: that will never leave
0: <laughs> yeah, i don't know i'm gonna forget that one you know i got i want uh, speaking of that spot and, and sort of speaking of the collaborative nature of like our group and sort of like a bunch of us that sort of came up like doing commercials at much um, in the last decade and all that was uh, the button on the spot so the joke oh, that yeah. last joke which mm-hmm. is the the clapper so for anyone has to see the spot and if you haven't go check it out uh, it's sort of like we, we have the opening bit and then we go to the business uh, which is like the grey cup when the show's airing the halftime show etc and then the end comes back you want a little joke to sort of leave the, the commercial on I was like I knew it needed a button but I didn't know what what it was going to be and uh, Maxie I'm out with you and Ash and Shamanard and Haji and Mark Myers and at some point, you know, uh, you and Ash uh, had to bail. And then it's kind of like me, Mark and Haji and uh, Menard. And I go to the bathroom. And I kind of come back and Menard's kind of like him and Haji are kind of in like an intense conversation. And I'm like, this is the perfect like chance to sidle up to Mark, who I know is directing the spot. And I'm like, I just want to like get a temp check. How is he feeling? about? This is the, the Thursday, concept. by the way. So oh, yeah. if, if it's, it's been approved on Tuesday
1: yeah. and the shoots on Saturday. Like we're hanging on the Thursday night in Toronto. Totally. Carry on.
0: Uh, having a few drinks, and I'm like Marky. I'm like, I'm like, we need a button. And very Marky goes, I like buttons. He's like, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm gonna shoot it. And they ended up coming up with that awesome like reveal, which was like an homage to Edgar Wright. But um, he uh uh, so we're sitting there. I'm like, I don't know if it's like uh, oh, we got to get the bed off the field because there's practice in the morning, or let's get some sleep, or like I was like, I was like, just trying to brainstorm, like what what can be something that's said. And then Mark was the one that came up with uh, the the idea of the. The clapper. Oh, he in, came up with the clapper. Okay, oh, Mark I didn't know that. did it. And I exploded laughing so hard. And I don't know if it was like the, the five Guinness or if it was just such a solid button. But I was like, <laughs> that's that's your button. I'm like, that's good. And he's like, let me get the notes out. He like pulled his notes out and he like put it in. And then uh, it, I, was, I was happy to see that it was executed uh, so well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's also very hard, I should say, um, with five guys <laughs> all to get a line basically in a 15 second spot. But we did it. Like, we we really pulled it off, which is, like, very, like, just about impossible. But, like, everybody had their moment. It's like, I wake up from the dream. Tony's Tony's right here. He's and Tony just walked into the shot here. I'm doing the pod <laughs> right <laughs> now. No, it doesn't matter. We're not filming this. Um, Yeah. It, Tony, and then Mike says, like, we are playing the Great Cup. And then Nick says, we have to rehearse. And Tim claps. And it's, like, awesome. It really was just, like, kind of the perfect example of, like, Everybody shining. It was cool.
0: All right. So that so that's the spot. It was great. You guys killed it. It, it was super fun. But we're kind of burying the lead. You're playing the Great Cup. How exciting is this? Do you got big plans? What's the deal? Come on, man. Give us a tease. People listen to this pod. Yeah. Kellyans listen to this pod for a little taste. Give them something.
1: Uh I will tell you that it's um You know, more than anything, and this kind of relates to what I was talking about earlier, is it's just such a fun p- creative project to take on because you know, 15 minutes on television, like a musical performance for 15 minutes is a, hard, is a hard thing. You know, it's just like, it's one thing 15 minutes at a concert that people are there to see you. You know, you can meander a bit. It's like people are just happy to be at a concert. If you're watching music on television, it needs to be good consistently the whole time. There can be no dead spots. It has to keep building and evolving and there has to be layers to it. You know, doing... You know, three minutes for a Juno performance is hard enough. So figuring out how to put together a set for 15 minutes is the challenge. And we're really excited to be able to dig into the creative with that. Um, is Mike going to be handling this too, or can I be let in
2: and think about for a few <laughs> nights? Well, I have an idea well, where you're jokes. all dressed as
1: pigskin Pete for a part. I think that'd be really fun.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I want you to
0: parachute in. Is that is there like a liability issue there?
1: No, but you know what? We if we can figure out some fun way to in, like do some skit to intro the thing or something. I don't know. We can uh, we can talk about that. If there's any comedic chops uh, needed, you you will you guys will be the first call, obviously um yeah and we're uh yeah we're thinking about if there's a couple surprises that we, obviously we can't tell Woo! you yet but uh we're, we're very excited about that yeah so so we're, we're in the middle of that and uh i'll i'll tell you guys offline about okay a couple couple thoughts that we have yeah
0: also it is in hamilton this year uh mm-hmm. which is one of the most exciting
2: sort of elements yeah that's why i said pigskin pete i thought it would be fitting that makes sense yes, that's why he's the tie cats mascot is that the deal? I don't know what he. It's weird because he's a human being.
0: Isn't TC the mascot? Like <laughs> TC's the, big, the, the mascot.
2: Pigskin's like the heart of the city when the game's going on.
0: Oh, right. yeah. And
2: isn't there yeah. like a different pigskin? Wasn't there some like? Yeah, not there? He might have passed away. The real Pigskin may have passed away. It might be his son now. Mm. I'm not sure on that. Oh.
0: Yeah. So so Pig Pigskin Junior. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I uh, could so, be a woman so, too. I don't know, what, Mrs.
2: Pigskin. I don't. know. It,
0: yeah. Can we uh, uh yeah is there going to be after parties? Are we going to party that night Max or oh, are you all business? What's your deal?
1: No no no. I think after it's done it's good. I think I have to be on my best behavior leading into it because you know I got to be singing on national TV for millions of people. Like I can't be going out the night before and being all horse the next morning. But, uh, you know it's like no one mm. wants that. So uh but yeah, afterwards we we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. It'll be great.
2: Yeah, but afterwards there's so much handshaking you have to do. You can't really be seen
1: Having fun, or maybe we plan a party on the Tuesday or something. I don't okay. know. Whatever, we'll, 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 we'll celebrate. Don't worry. Okay. I'm, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Man, I we're just bantering this pod, you know. You're in like oh I, something else. Speaking of banter, that I wanted to bring up is uh, Max. You mm. sort of just out of nowhere put out this sort of thing online, asking people, uh, you know, you wrote this really nice thing about how you love doing this podcast uh, with with Shane and myself. And you said, you asked people where they listen and what their favorite part of it is. And the response was like overwhelming. Like it, like
1: it made my week. It honestly, like I recommend this to anybody who has a podcast, who has like some listeners out there, just do that tweet and just, and you'll make your whole week. Honestly, like, because we do this podcast because we love hanging out with each other and If we can play a small part in somebody's life, that's awesome. But, you know, we really don't know who is out there listening. We don't have any clue what they're doing when they're listening. And so the responses were really just warmed our hearts. It was the nicest possible thing to read. And they kind of kept on coming in. And uh, so thank you. Yeah, Shane, any surprises uh, as you read through? Well,
2: Squeaky Wheel does get the grease. So there was a lot of talk of me and, you know, trying to boost me up because <laughs> I'm always begging for so much attention. So I was surprised, <laughs> though, with the sheer number of people who came out of the woodwork and claimed that they were Shaniacs. I was honored by that. It made it feel like we were a huge part of people's lives and possibly the most important podcast in the world, which was awesome <laughs> feeling. <laughs> Like, didn't it seem yeah, like it there's was, no podcast that could possibly be better than us? <laughs> it was it's it's true. Like, I, Honestly,
0: the the, the, <laughs> the volume and uh, sort of genuine like affection that people wrote with it actually kind of fucked up my whole day because I had so much work to do, but I couldn't stop looking at the phone because it was just so nice. <laughs> I was getting these like these these waves of warmth. Every time you read it, you just felt so good. And you're like, oh, wow, people actually do listen to this thing and they engage with it. And, 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 and yeah, so like all, all I can say is like, thank you for listening because i uh, Yeah, you see that and you go, oh, wow, I I guess we didn't know. It's like
2: a drug, too. You are the greatest. You get addicted with like that dopamine hit every time and it, it needs to hit better each time. So it'd be like, oh, another comment. Oh, no Shaniac mention? Fuck this person. All right. I listen to Armchair and Mike much. They're both my favorites. Oh, not better than Armchair. You know, you, you get like... I got riled up if it wasn't like super exaggerated at one point. But I, I was impressed when people would list us with the likes of Smartless and Armchair Expert and the big podcasts and still say they preferred us to them.
1: Yeah, no. So, anyway, so thank you very much. But... Um, yeah, should we get to some topics? I kind of want to talk about this uh, Taylor Swift SNL thing. Um, what about Camila and Shawn know. Mendes? I feel like you would have something to say about that. Uh, yeah, that just that just came out. Um, I mean, I don't have anything. I mean, I like their statement. I think there's. Sta- I wish we all could have a statement like that. As if you know, whenever you go through any relationship breakup, do you, you guys like their statements like that? Come on, what do you? They could hate each other. People
2: are getting better at that. amicable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> really. I found it quite genuine, and and I. Uh, Let's see. I don't think I've heard anything as that deliberate, where, where it's just like we're best friends. Uh, we were were best friends, we are best friends, we're always going to be best friends, we love each other more than anything. That's pretty good. It's just the term,
2: Max. Like, we're best
1: friends. It's like in the ether. It's not real. You're never going to see another
2: photo of them together again for the rest of their lives.
1: No. You don't think so?
2: No. And if they're in an award show together, it's going to be all for cameras and then nothing again. Trust okay, me. but okay, but to Max's
0: but to Max's point, one, Max Max is a romantic. He he believes he wants to believe in the sort of the positive outcome, the kindness of of people, uh, the goodness of man. Don't you think <laughs> Shin, that people Max's can break up?
2: Is that the I way he's so. looked at? I didn't know that. Okay, Max is a I romantic. I think he
0: is. Don't you think he's always thinking that it can be the best possible outcome that like like lovers can be friends after a breakup? He, oh, I feel like that's his outlook. He thinks everything's going to be I'm good. I'm sort of in optimistic
2: that. in that way.
1: Maybe
0: toxically to
2: romantic, positive. But. Yeah, maybe like that. I (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's the name of this podcast uh this episode um okay so but my question for you shane is don't you think that people like you know camilla and sean or any other people can truly break up and be friends don't you think that can be an authentic statement or do you think that there is that people are it's always going to be fucked up i've never
2: seen it i've never seen it happen and let's see when sean jumps to some other hottie in the next three weeks let's see how friendly they are with each other after that how do you know that she didn't do the breaking up but I'm just thinking, let's reverse then. Let's say Camilla gets with Gyllenhaal in the next week. Is Sean oh, yeah, going to be really good. friendly with Camilla? No, they're not going to be friends. He's not going to be calling her with Jake in the background, saying who's on the line. It's just not going to I got to tell you,
0: after this Taylor Swift thing, though, that'd be a tough move for Jake Gyllenhaal to uh, start dating Camilla uh, Cabello.
2: I know. Uh, he was the only honk I could think of that was top of mind because of the whole Taylor thing, and I thought we might segue into it. I don't know. Um, no, it is actually a really good and natural
0: segue. I was going to, I was going to ask though. I mean, well, you know, it's whatever it's these young people's relationship. We won't know who did the breaking up, but who do you think is more famous? I was thinking about this yesterday, her or him, him
2: really worldwide famous. Yes. Max, what do you think? Sorry. I meant it. I didn't mean to say worldwide famous. I meant to say North America famous, which is more famous for me because I'm around. I'm we're in North America, but she's, she might have more of a worldwide thing because i feel like there's sectors of in the world where she's the most famous human on earth.
0: Yeah. So she's more internationally famous, yes. but he's more famous in North America.
2: Yes. But it's That's hard good. we we uh, don't okay. we only look at North America as being what we consider famous. Like there's soccer yeah. stars who i don't even know their name and they're like Bigger than Brad Pitt.
0: Okay, so the segue to Taylor Swift. Uh, a couple things here. She obviously just came out with that um, that ten minute or fifteen minute short film that she wrote and directed, uh, and then ultimately ends up starring in near the end. So we could talk about that, which sort of caused like a huge internet uh, sort of sensation. We can talk about the fact that she's re-recording all these songs because of that thing we talked about two years ago where Scott Borchetta sold her music to Scooter Braun and she did not want her music in Scooter Braun's hands. So she said, fuck it. I'm going to re-record all these songs. They're all called Taylor's version. I imagine this is the preferred version that all the fans will listen to devaluing uh, the catalog that Scooter Braun bought for 300 million bucks or whatever, which I, I, if we just want to talk about that move, I love it. I love it 10 times out of 10 because so many times we talk about on this pod, like what's right or what's not right. You know, like sort of like, Like the difference between right and wrong and then what's legal and not legal. And the truth is Taylor Swift, she signed a contract when she was young. And so those songs are, for better or worse, owned by Mm -hmm. Big Machine or whatever it's called and Scott Proschetta. And he sold them to Scooter Braun. And that is a construct that it sucks, but that's the way it works. What I love though about what Taylor did is because you always go, okay, what can I do now? I'm not going to win that fight is if I want to put in the time and the effort and the money, because nobody wants to put in the time. Like, think about this. She's kind of had to put her career on hold to re-record all of her old songs sort of just on like a to prove a point and, and sort of like, like um um you know, cure this vendetta that she has. And I just think it's awesome because some people don't end up going that far. To <laughs> It'd be funny if the, the new system.
2: versions, though, weren't as good. Like she was like, They're just this is going to take a while. <laughs> They're just live off the floor. <laughs>
1: Doesn't have the same yeah. quality at all. Yeah, forgetting words, <laughs> forgetting words. She <laughs> couldn't be bothered to to edit it or re-record it. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, if you're Taylor Swift and you have every resource in the world, like it, it kind of like is sort of is that thing. It's like if you had access to all the money and talent. Uh, in the world then you of course you do that right it's it's like for any normal musician schmo who's been fucked in a record deal which there are plenty the idea of going oh I'm gonna re-record the thing because I could actually make all the money in the royalties. F- from my fans even if I have a smaller fan base like I can make that money back then you're like ah, oh, but I don't want to do that because it's just going to take so much fucking time the studio time is expensive getting the personnel is expensive all this stuff's annoying but if you're Taylor Swift you got nothing but money nothing but talent nothing but time around you so uh, no nah, so it, it's a cool move I really? disagree
0: though I disagree with you because here's the deal Taylor's still gonna get paid a shit ton for those songs she's fine she didn't want them own. She didn't like the idea that Scooter Braun was going to profit off her. But, but, like, if you're name an old legacy band, name the Foo Fighters, say the Foo Fighters got screwed on their first album somehow. Dave Grawl, you think he's going to actually give up years of his life re recording Everlong? I don't think so. I think he keeps it Wait, moving that and takes, just takes years cut. to
2: record. How long do these albums take? Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, two weeks. No, you no, no, go no. to Hawaii, you record yeah. in this awesome space. And boom, the Everlong album. And do you think it takes I'm that saying, quick to
0: like produce oh, no, it right no, no, to make it th- sound exactly the
2: same? Well, I would think it like, like a lot of the kinks. I don't know how involved. Max, I'm talking recording process here to Mike. Just give me one second here. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come think, on, Max. We know this shit. I think once you work out the kinks the first time, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. Like if you were to reshoot a movie, once you have the yeah. shot list, it's a lot easier to figure out how to shoot it because you're not going to do all the coverage that you would do the first time because you know the shots you're going to use and the shots you're not. So isn't recording a song like that? But doesn't it feel like going back? Like, do you think Noel Gallagher would ever
0: re-record What's the Story Morning Glory to try and get it exact? Like, where's the fun as an artist? It's such a vendetta play. Like, you have to be so committed to, like, basically proving your point. Like, who... I like, I, I just find... I just don't think that it's as easy to get it the way that she's got it and she clearly is invested like these are like obviously they're promo cycles and she's making money she can make like she can benefit monetarily but she's taylor swift she can literally do anything with her time and recording her first six albums like that takes a long time i think to get it right and to promote she, she it probably to put herself. it herself
1: no yeah no and also here's the other thing mike is that if you are and i know this is somebody who's amazing at outsourcing work if you're like hey jack antonoff hey big time producer Prep all these songs, make them sound basically as good as they used to sound with a couple modern flares to them. I'll come in, I'll record the vocals because I know these songs. It's not like I'm learning how to sing them. If anything, I can sing them better than I did when I was originally singing them when when I was writing them and you go in you bang out vocals on a bunch of songs you oversee any things that like don't sit right with you and then you're off to the race all i'm saying is that it's like it's very i think it's easier if you're taylor swift to outsource that work where you don't even have to do anything you just have to come in and sing and you're good to go Le- anyway not not say that's what she did legally yeah. does she have to make them a little bit different or can they be identical carbon copies well, no, I, yeah, I don't think they have to be the same. They can't be the same stem, like because Big Machine would own the actual file of like that. guitar. Oh yeah, track, no, she has to re-record
0: tape. everything, but they could re-record yeah. it like ver- like verbatim. Verb-
2: yeah. yeah. Have you listened to I, the I, new songs? Um, I've a b them a little bit. Oh yeah, what do you think? When
0: she did, like when she came out with the first record, whatever that the Romeo Juliet song, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you know. Romeo, please
2: did it. Did yeah,
0: that's it. Uh, Was that an angel? (laughs) I I I uh, I almost like I I wanted to listen to the two versions because I I was just fascinated because like no one ever does this, like nobody does this, and I love that she did it. And you know, now that we talk it through, Max, it's like that. Anything, it's like if you have enough money. Basically, anything can get done. It's like it's like an addition on a mansion or something. It's like wow, I can't. Or they built the pyramids. It's like well, the slaves built the pyramids. Like it's like if you have if you have an infrastructure where you don't have to do it, anything can get done. Still impressive. Those
2: pyramids, they still can't figure out how it was done.
0: The, yeah, the, <laughs> the engineering alone. Yeah, the, the architecture. It's 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 a it's it's one of the wonders of the world. But uh, okay, you know what? You guys have sold me that that Taylor maybe isn't working as hard on these things. I still think if you're rich and famous and don't have to spend your time doing this or thinking about it, it it's it's it just feels like a lot to sort of prove a point.
1: Oh it, no! Don't get me wrong. Like I think that like allotting time to promote the thing, to think about how you're going to do it, who you're going to hire to record the songs. All the promotion that goes into like every, it is a big, 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 big project that she is very intimately involved with. But I'm saying the monotonous shit, the stuff that like she wouldn't want to do. She just goes, Hey guys, the, the budget for re-recording the music, the tracks is a hundred grand. We're going to go to the best studio in New York or Nashville or LA. We're going to get the best musicians that I like. They're, or maybe the guys that play with me on the road already that know the songs. People don't have to think particularly hard about it. They just do their homework, come into the studio, they're pros, and they knock it out. So, uh, And then, of course, there's some finessing in the mix and the editing, etc. cetera. But I, and she doesn't have to be around for any of that. She is a musical director that can do that stuff. And maybe 100 grand is low. Maybe it's 500 grand. I don't know. But the point is, she's got the dough. And if there's a will, there's a way. And I think the way is pretty easy.
0: All right, let's pivot to this video. Did you guys watch her short film? I did not. <laughs> for the song, what, what is it, All Too Well,
2: I think is the name of the track. I watched her sing it on SNL.
0: Ah, but neither of you... Yeah, I did too. Okay. It was interesting to watch the film she directed just from like a choices standpoint. You thinking how, you know, is she in there working with the actors? Because there's a big break. So it's, it's not like a... It is kind of like a 13-minute music video, but there's like a minute and a half or two minutes in there where there's actually like a, a couple fighting scene with a lot of F-bombs mm. that's like... like any of these sort of like you know the end of a marriage or relationship sort of scenes you'd see in a movie but it was done really 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 well like i thought the video was like really really uh impressive uh for like the fights over like a scarf or something i think the scarf is just like one of those things that happened when yeah like when she's describing sort of the
2: end of the relationship like give me my fucking scarf (laughs) no Taylor
1: (laughs) it's mine now
0: (laughs) fuck you you (laughs) fucking
1: jerk Um, that's the name of the episode give me my fucking scarf scarf.
0: yeah Uh, yeah no so like the device of the video is essentially like the song is it opens with her sort of like her madly in love in this fall getaway with, I guess the internet speculates she's never denied it. Jake Gyllenhaal. He was 30 at the time. She was 21. The whole song, the whole video sort of is based around the idea of this age gap. Um, And then you see all these sort of vignettes where he's got all of his older friends over and he's got wine and he's like, he's holding court and entertaining himself. And she's kind of there with her wine untouched. And like, you can tell she feels uncomfortable and the lyrics are alluding to this, but she's really showing it. And then there's sort of like, so we open and it's all great. Their love, blah, blah, blah. Then it's you start to see the cracks in the facade. Then at the midpoint of the video, the music kind of cuts out. And it's just like an underscore. And they have this huge fight in the kitchen where she's like, you didn't talk to me at all. Your friends were over, blah, 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 blah. You, didn't, you know, and but the, the, the actors, <laughs> that was my, my uh, recreation of the acting, which was bang on uh, my fucking scarf. But anyway, so they have this fight about, I guess, how he acted at the dinner party. But he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, say something if you want. Anyway. I thought it was crafted very well and like I could just see like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a young person watching this video, you're probably thinking it's like maybe the greatest thing you've ever seen because it did feel very relatable. It mm-hmm. felt like a relatable couple's fight. Anyway, the video goes on. We see the end of the relationship and then we cut to the future where Taylor is now the young redheaded girl, the girl from uh, Stranger Things. I'm blanking on her name. I apologize. Sadie something. Anyway, Sadie Sink. Anyway, they uh, and then it's the future and she's moved on,
2: et cetera, et cetera.
0: I can't believe you guys didn't watch it. So what are you talking about SNL oh, okay. then? Okay.
2: Like, is it now or the actual future?
0: Yeah, I, I imagine the future is the present oh, Okay, sorry, in this sorry. video. I pictured her yes. getting
2: like a weird director's
0: <laughs> she got Yeah, she got in a spaceship actually <laughs> at the end.
2: She, weird she, directing she, move, but oddly yeah. genius. Sorry, Max, I cut took off. A, yeah. I got too excited for my stupid joke.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. So my question though, related to all this, is that there is so... Okay, this is an unprecedented thing that she's doing, this re-record. It's like a 10 minute version of a, a song that was not 10 minutes before. Um, the culture around Taylor's performance on SNL, the short film, you know, digging up, you know, these skeletons of her past relationships, like everyone is so, so interested in it. And there's a funny uh, TikTok I saw from a guy, some random dude on TikTok who's like, I've got no matches on TikTok for the la- – sorry, no matches on Hinge for the last month. But I changed one of my prompts to – um I my controversial opinion is that Jake Gyllenhaal dodged a bullet in 2011 or something like that basically <laughs> like siding siding with Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal yes. saying that like you know dating Taylor Swift would have been difficult uh, and then he's like and in the last 24 hours I've had like 30 matches because girls just want to talk to me about that idea and she's such great fodder But and so Shane I guess my question for you is like what is the secret sauce that makes Taylor Swift I know obviously just timeless songs incredible mm-hmm. songwriter amazing musician but you know come Compared to other pop stars of the last 10 years, there is a secret sauce to Taylor Swift that makes her just so interesting to talk about and discuss and gossip about. What, what do you think that is, Shane? Well, she is very
2: beautiful looking. So that like she's like very tall and statuesque and I don't know, perfect looking. And she's never in a relationship for too long. So which, <laughs> okay. which keeps you always guessing who the guy in the song is. And people love uncovering a mystery. Like it's, Mm. yeah, and everyone's very uh, famous or uh, notable. Like she was with one of those Shriver kids, wasn't she, or something? Wasn't one one of those JFK's? The Schwarzeneggers? No. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, 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 the Kennedys.
2: Yeah, everybody's of some esteem. She's never just dating a guy at a grocery store. So it's always imagining what her life is like for all these brief periods. To me, it's really exciting to live vicariously through Taylor in a way. So to me, that's why
1: I'm interested. Yeah, she's also good at like, um, like placating her like hardcore fans with like all these little Easter eggs, and like she really like tends to her hardcore fan base. But then also she does all these like wide pop culture things, as you say, by like dating you know famous people and and uh, yeah, the way I guess the way she writes about this stuff is is so uniquely personal. Whereas other pop stars are probably doing more co writes, where it's like, is this really your experience, or is this just kind of a, a a pop song that like doesn't really have anything to do with your own life. Whereas Taylor, you're like, oh, every detail. It's like, I, I know what it was like to be Taylor Swift in the fall of 2011 related to some scarf or something like that, you know? Like people songs know are so and good. feel connected like, to her. Nothing's better than that blank yeah. Space
2: song. And this new Jake Gyllenhaal song, it's like 10 minutes long, but it's still really good. The whole way through, you're kind yeah. of into it. Like she's really great songwriter.
0: Well, and this is the thing about that song is that she's basically turned a single out of a song that was never a single a decade ago. This was off the. This so is crafty. this is a track off of one of her redone, re-recorded albums,
2: and this is an old song. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? No.
0: Yeah, she wrote about Jake Gyllenhaal back then, but she's added lyrics.
2: I was going to say, this is so weird for her to just pull Jake down all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I, was I was like, maybe she idea. was like, I'm not going to do it now. I'll, I'll give it time. But in some ways, that's worse. So I wasn't sure. That makes way more sense now.
0: So it's like a revisited song that now she's turned into a single that was never a single off that record before.
2: I wonder what Jake thinks about that. It's like, hey, Jake, you're a piece of shit is number one again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the lyric, <laughs> I, I was reading that the lyric uh, about I left my red scarf at your sister's place in like whatever, upstate New York, whatever the hell. Maggie Gyllenhaal was saying she gets asked all the time by like Swifties or whatever their Taylor's fans about the scarf. And she's like, I don't uh, know about the scarf. She's like, it's plausible that it could be at my place, but I guess they want to, the, the, the fans really want to find the scarf.
2: Because it smells like her, right? And that's why Jake wants to keep it, yeah. which is kind of vain to sing in the song. Like, I thought that part was a little much, <laughs> didn't you? Like, you love it because it smells like me. It's all like so conceited.
1: <laughs> Jake, this is what makes you an amazing pop culture. Kishnata, is that like, like you're making these observations and you don't know anything about the story. So they all come in really raw.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're taught to be so humble all the time like if someone says you look really hot it's like oh stop it i do not but to just to say that this guy's obsessed with sniffing the
1: scarf it felt weird to me watching it (laughs) 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 okay so another thing that came up uh, related to saturday Night live uh was this comedy troupe that has been recently hired by snl what are Um, they called again Um, please
2: don't destroy these guys make me sick yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so they they
2: make you what sorry i missed that physically ill to my stomach
1: (laughs) so mike set up what's the context of these guys give our listeners a rundown if they're not familiar
2: yeah these are just
0: like three dudes that basically started putting videos online i believe tiktok maybe is where they kind of got but they do like longer form than tiktok twitter uh i started seeing their videos the first time they actually got on my radar was their they had a vaccine video but what vaccine did you get really really uh, fucking
1: uh, such a <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is so so, it's so funny, so good. Like right away you're like, "Oh, wow, these guys are like super talented." And then you kind of explore, you go, "Oh, they've got a whole backlog of videos they've shoot them in their apartment, etc." So like a lot of young sketch troops whether it's like Lonely Island or what Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett were doing. Um SNL obviously discovered these guys like through social media and gave them a gig writing uh, on the show. So it's like, "Oh, wow, they hired those guys as writers. Interesting, they're also performers." They very smartly, very cleverly sort of from the start have started doing these like digital skits where they're in the writer's room. uh, And then it's like scenarios where they're pitching someone like Remy Malik on a sketch or something silly. But it's found its place immediately and it's become like a highlight of the show.
2: Well, Taylor Swift just did the latest video with them.
0: They just did a a music track with uh, Pete Davidson and Taylor came in. (laughs) That's okay, the setup, so, Max. Yeah, run. where are you
1: going with this? Okay, that, okay so the reason why this is uh, interesting is that they really remind me of a, of a younger Shane, a younger Mike, a younger Greg. Like sort of the stuff that you would have been doing when you were their age is, is very similar in spirit, I'd say. How old do you think these guys are? Uh, 26.
2: No, 22. The guy just turned 22.
1: <laughs> really? Holy <Yeah>. shit. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Shane, Shane is furious right now. Of as course. You know, as well as he's, he, he's like sweating and angry. Well, Jill and, anyway, said so, a, um, a while ago, Jillian
2: Smart sent me these guys and was like, I could see you doing videos like this. This was like a year ago. And I was like, yeah, I could. And now they're on SNL and big wigs and Taylor's rubbing up on them. And yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Like in the video, she's literally rubbing, caressing them and it's just, they they don't even know how to appreciate that because in their lives, it's just, oh, you just do something and you become famous. Yeah,
1: I like how you're projecting on them. They don't, they don't appreciate what they have. It happens so soon. <laughs> well, the one guy's name's Hurley okay.
2: too. And I think that might be Tim Hurley's son. We don't know who's buddies with Adam sure. Sandler. Anyway, go. These guys
0: are super talented and they have the keys to the kingdom at 22 they, years old. It is, they uh, do. it's pretty impressive
1: um i'm hijacking shane surprise because this feels like a shane surprise segment and i have to uh, have to wrap this up shortly but um i put this in the pod group so you guys hopefully are ready shane uh has said uh in the past recently actually in a text group he said if i was a 20 year old now with the internet i would be fucking killing Like i was meant to be a 20 year old right now No, i didn't say that. i said i wish the internet existed when i was 20 oh sure okay same version the same idea um well it's funnier what so i that, said because it did exist uh, when i was 20. So. Like, uh, i was telling a joke there max so. <laughs> <laughs> details but, but matter but not, no but the internet now is different than the internet when yes we were. of course yeah so my question that i put out to the group was if y- knowing your skill set your sensibilities y- you know your interests uh, you know and specifically thinking about like jobs and media and entertainment things that we do already what is the era that you wish you uh came of age in and uh this is the shane surprise mm. so uh, mike uh i'm gonna start with you
0: that's a great question
1: and we are gonna comment okay. to see if we agree or define not define okay. coming of age though like what okay. like being like, 20 it, to like, 30 in okay. that 18 decade? 18 to 26, say. Like the it's coffee. like this was like, you know, yeah. when your star could be born.
0: It's a great question and I uh, and yeah, like I think a lot about okay, so like when I was watching like video t- like I I grew up, like I was like so in 1990, I would have been uh, uh 9 years old. So my like 9 to whatever, that decade of development really wasn't internet heavy like i was watching vhs tapes i was i was obsessed i would buy saturday night Li- old saturday night live vhs tapes to watch them i would read like so i was already drawn to like doing that kind of stuff organically without an internet i had to source that stuff if the internet had never been invented, I wonder if I would have been drawn to that world, how it could have succeeded, because the thing about the internet is it, it, it's, it's allowed everywhere. This is a good thing, but it also like sort of muddies the field. It democratized, like everybody had access to everything. So if you're someone like me and you could remember every SNL sketch from 75 to like 90, that was valuable previously. Now it doesn't matter because anybody can look up anything and everybody's an expert on everything because of the sort of prol- proliferation of in- information on the internet. So part of me wishes that, like, I was maybe turning twenty in nineteen ninety, and I got to be twenty from ninety to two
1: thousand. Oh, interesting. Go or back. the sixties. Uh, I
0: would have liked to fuck around in the sixties too, just because you know.
1: I th- hmm. For some reason, Mike, with you, I think of you. Mo- I feel like you're more of an institutional. You thrive in institutions. I feel like mm. the, the the wild west of the internet isn't for you so much. I think like if you put put you in um in the building at in like at NBC in 1975 you're going to make friends with everybody and then you're going to end up like hosting the nightly news or having your own like talk radio show or something like that so i think you'd really thrive in that era i think like the craziness and the rat race of the modern internet as we know it you don't like 100% uh, and, and so i think you i think you'd really be great yeah like pre-internet set, especially you as an interviewer you know, and you're still going to be like Canada's most decorated interviewer by the time we're all done with each other. Uh, but I think like in, if, if it was 1977, you'd be like hosting some like big network show.
0: I buy it. I buy it. Yeah. I do. I, I, I definitely long for pre-internet. So I think you're bang on about that. But now the question though, Shane, is you. What era do you think you would have thrived in most?
2: Hmm. Here's the problem. I can't thrive age 20 to 26. That's the worst age for me to be. I'm too much of a out there. Like I love, <laughs> I love partying too much. I can't do it. <laughs> See, so like work wise, I'm I'm good in the Wild West. Uh, like working that way, like on the internet, I'm really crafty at getting things done or figuring out things. But I need institutional like um, a life with kids and a wife in my personal life to get me grounded enough where I can reach out and do all that fun stuff on the internet and be kind of disciplined so my workaround here is I need somehow like a serum to have me in the situation I'm now but if I could look 20 I think I would be one of the most <laughs> famous people on the internet and potentially at SNL
1: <laughs> Plus you know I think okay. um, <laughs> I agree I, I think um I think you're underestimating how ambitious you are as a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. I think the stuff you're doing from like age 18 to 25 was really ambitious. I just don't think it had a, and, and I don't, and even though you partied and maybe went off the rails a few times and it was like a chaotic time in your life, in your mind, I think you didn't have always the right avenue. You There was like early YouTube, early mm-hmm. whatever. And, I don't think that suited what you were doing. So I think your best version of yourself would be a 20-year-old right now, and it would be crazy. You'd be in the tabloids. You'd be overdosing. Mm -hmm. You'd be dating. I was thinking about it. If you were down here in LA, you'd definitely be dating some celebrity and you'd be like a YouTube star that was like lovable, but has it had its problems. You know what I mean? Like I think you'd you'd thrive Davidson, yeah. Yeah, you'd be very <laughs> Pete, Pete Davidson esque. Yeah, but I sure. think you're
2: underestimating how much I party because when I was twenty to twenty six, <laughs> it was a lot. And it, it like you couldn't get work done. I'm telling you, like the stuff I did do was like three <laughs> weekends a year, and that was my YouTube content. <laughs> and I was still like
1: hungover. But you're, yeah. but, but you're competitive, so like if you with drinking games between twenty, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Max, what era uh, do
2: you yeah. slot into? So the most successful guy
1: right now in this era? We're asking, yeah. No, no, no. It's <laughs> a good question because um, I think I, I think about the style of music that we play. Mm-hmm. And where that would sit the most because it's like the market share of guitar-based like rock music from white guys uh, today is much smaller, much, much, much smaller than it would have been in popular culture, say, in the 70s or in the 60s. Uh, so then I go uh, – and by the way, I'm not complaining. I think the evolution of like music listenership and everything is, is incredible. And I'm happy that we have our little spot in it, which is great. Um, So I think about like, okay, the style of music that I like, I don't know if it totally fits in – the 80s or ni- 90s is super grunge. And of course, there's genres in those times that, you know, that I would affiliate myself with. But 90s is too grunge. 80s, eh, you know, there's like a lot of heavy metal, like a lot of brutal rock. Not brutal, I shouldn't say. There's a lot of great m- music from the 80s that I love. Um, But I think my sweet spot would have been like maybe early 70s, mm-hmm. I think. Like just yeah. when like touring started to be more popular. Um, So you think a song like
2: Private School would go off in in like the (laughs) 70s? (laughs) No,
1: but like another one of our songs. What, Boss is coming?
2: I'm trying to think of like the
1: (laughs) (laughs) That could work, I guess. Uh, No, I mean... But but we could do seventies versions of all those songs. Okay, and uh, it would it would it would be like smoother. But uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I also like the hustle of the uh, the modern era that we're in. I, mean, I think it also suits me really well. So um, yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you uh, what do you guys think? Where do you think I exist the best? I picture you
2: as a nineties pop star, like like Our Lady Peace type band in my mind, and you'd make so
1: much money. Very interesting. Uh, okay, I'm into that. That's cool. Mike?
0: I th- I think you're living in the perfect uh, era. You're sort of like... Uh, I think that you're built more for the hustle that the internet allows, the pace of production and sort of your your need to constantly be doing things or you would have been a supernova back when shit was really slowly paced and people put out a one, you know, like records at a slower pace. Like, yeah, it seems to change over the years. Like I know the, you know, in the sixties people put out records every three months, but then it kind of like got slower. And then now I feel like you have to be, do- think about it every day. You're thinking of like TikTok content and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You're right. Maybe I don't like the seventies. Maybe it's too slow and like, yeah, travel. I, and there's no internet. Eh, fuck that. Never mind. I like where I'm at. This is good. You're in the right spot, my
0: buddy. My buddy, have I ever used that phrase before? What is that? I I like it. (laughs) My buddy, Uh, you're in the right spot. My buddy.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's wrap it up. (laughs) My buddy, all right, great, great hang, guys. I gotta go. All right, see you guys.